to lead a short-term mission trip to Athens, Greece, and it was an evangelizing trip to share Jesus with Muslim refugees. If I'm honest, I really didn't have a desire to share my faith. I said yes to this trip, even though I was, you know, slightly terrified, and God used that just to kind of blow open the doors on my worldview. I left that trip really on fire for what I had seen and wanting more of it. My team and I are praying for a gospel movement here in Austin. And I mean, we're praying for thousands of Muslims and non-Muslims to come to Jesus. Welcome to Call Beyond, a Novo Mission podcast. We love sharing stories about how we can hear God speaking to us, as well as what happens when we say yes to His calling in our lives. Through these stories, we celebrate together the movement of God around the world, beyond what we could ask or imagine. So I want to welcome everybody back to the Called Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Tim Shuck, and I'm joined by co-host Stephen Castillo today, who you got to know through interviewing me on the first episode. So thanks and welcome, Stephen, to the podcast. We are excited to get to share with you Amy Taylor's story, who's joining us today. Amy joined Novo staff this past April. She's born and raised in Texas and married her middle school sweetheart, Grant. They share two daughters who are in college and a son in high school. She loves college football, Mexican food, and is passionate about bringing the hope of Jesus to Muslims in the Austin area. Welcome, Amy. It's so great to have you here. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, Stephen. Super excited to get to talk to y'all today. Yeah, glad to just be here and be able to hear your story again. I think Tim and I have both connected to Amy Um yeah, I, even within the past year, I don't know how long you guys have known each other, but I think even just for me, seeing Amy's story, I think it's going to connect to a lot of you and where you are and just saying yes to this series of just being called beyond. And uh, I think it's going to be encouraging and empowering to hear more of her story and for me to hear it again. So glad to be here. Well, Amy, we want to uh, really just allow you to share your story with us, but Maybe kind of catch us up in some way. I know that you're seeing God do incredible things uh, around you through saying yes to Him. But how does the story start? Was there a, a a before and after effect that you're kind of living in right now? Help our listeners uh, better understand where you're coming from and what you're experiencing now through what you've said yes to with the Lord. Yeah, well, I love this topic of saying yes to the Lord because um, I feel like it's something that I'm still working at. Uh, but my yeses are getting a little bit quicker and a little bit more frequently. And so um, that's just by the grace of God. So, yeah, I think, Tim, a defining point for me um, probably was um, in 2009. If someone had told me 20 years ago, you're going to be in an official ministry position, you know, somewhere, I probably would have said, you're crazy. I probably would have said, I'm not old enough, I'm not spiritually mature enough, and I'm not qualified. And I think I would still say those things today. The only difference is now I know the secret that that's where Jesus wants us. And, and probably most people in any official ministry capacity would say the same things. But um, in 2009, Grant and I had three children, five and under. I um, had the privilege of staying home with them for seven years kind of thought I would be, you know, a stay-at-home mom for the long haul. And then I really believe that God used the housing market crisis falling in 2007, 2008 
um, as an official, you know, invitation for me to step into some official ministry. I started just praying about something I could do part-time, you know, during that time to, to help with groceries. And since the Lord was asking me to reach out to our child direct or child care director at our church about working child care. And, and I'll be honest, my, my answer back to the Lord was, God, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I've got three, three small kids and I want to help my family out, but I really don't want to go take care of other people's kids, you know? And yet I, I knew that that's what he was asking me to do. And so I said yes to that. And um, that just kind of opened the door for, I guess, Really, our church just kept asking me to do more and more, and I kept saying yes to those um, small things and then uh, ended up serving on our church staff in a leadership capacity for 11 years. Wow. So looking back, I think that's, you know, I can see how God so clearly used that season um, in preparing me, you know, leading in ministry for, for some of the things that I feel like he's asking me to do now. That's amazing. Yeah, and I think... I think a part of that too, Amy, I mean, I'm just reflecting on some of it is I think your continual. Yes. I've seen that in your story over these past couple of years. Um, you have, you've just continued to say yes. And I think we were talking the last episode of just, you don't know where that small or large yes is going to lead, but you know, Jesus is going to be there with you. And uh, sometimes that past scary and, and then sometimes it's like, man, I get to do this. Like, yeah. I cannot believe I get to do this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. So fun, Amy. And you wouldn't know this, um, but in the, in the first episode, I said, I feel like God loves the stories that start with, if you would have told me in certain number of years here that I would be doing this, I would have told you you were absolutely crazy. And I, I love that you just flowed right into your story with that. And I think, you know, 2002, 2007, 2008 are, are a couple of years that everyone, well, over a certain age, remembers what they were doing, where they were at. Um, I started doing a, a home building business right at that time frame, which is, again, is not necessarily the best time to be doing that. Um, but it does. It's a marker in time where we were all going through something and excited to see that that trajectory started you into a serving role and growing mm-hmm. as, as a leader and in moving forward. So maybe keep going in that story and tell us a little bit, how did you get so passionate uh, about seeing people around you reach with the gospel that maybe don't look like you or maybe don't dress the same way or think the same way or are naturally from Texas? Like how, how did that transition happen for you? Sure. So during the time I was serving on our church staff, we went through a class called Many Perspectives. And Perspectives is a course that's designed to help everyday believers figure out what their role in the Great Commission is. And that class was just um, such, I mean, such a defining moment for me. I clearly saw my role in the Great Commission and how God's wired me as a mobilizer. And I was really convicted that my entire life had been inside the walls of our church uh, with Christians, 
you know, and that I really was not investing in people that were spiritually far from Jesus. Not that it's an either or, right? It's it's a both and. We're, we're called to both as believers of Jesus. Um, but as a follow-up to that perspective course, I was asked to lead a short-term mission trip to Athens, Greece. And it was an evangelizing trip to share Jesus with Muslim refugees. Prior to that trip, I had never talked to a Muslim. I can't say I really had a desire to talk to a Muslim. And if I'm honest, I really didn't have a desire to share my faith. I grew up Southern Baptist and can honestly say I have, I still have PTSD from things like evangelism explosion and trying to memorize the Romans road and, you know, trying to have this perfect script of my life before Christ and after Christ and, you know, doing everything in my own strength. Not that any of those things are bad, but it was all me trying to do it in my own strength and, you know, have everything memorized. And so I said yes to this trip to Athens, Greece, even though I was, you know, slightly terrified, if I'm honest. And God used that just to kind of blow open the doors on my worldview, you know, everything that I thought I knew about what it looked like to follow Jesus uh, really was just my eyes were opened in a new way. And so we would start out our days just meeting in parks and our team would pray, God, would you bring us people that need to know the hope of Jesus Christ? And we would just wait and he brought us people. And our team would share with them, you know, a little bit about ourselves. We would share about Jesus. God gave us so many chances to pray physical healing for people. We saw people healed. We saw Muslims put their faith in Jesus. Um, I saw spiritual warfare, you know, tangibly for the first time, like physical manifestations. And so prior to that trip, Tim, I think I would have said, Theologically, my worldview was not a cessationist, but I think if I'm honest, I operated practically, you know, as a cessationist. So I've always, um, you know, been part of great churches that are, um, you know, probably heavy on word and deed. If you think about the three dimensions of the gospel, heavy in word and deed, but little power. And so all of this was kind of a new um, paradigm for me. And so I left that trip just really on fire for what I had seen and wanting more of it. And one of my favorite things about that trip is God used it to give me a vision of what a disciple making movement looks like. And I started praying that for Austin and that was seven years ago. And so after that trip, I, I went overseas a couple more times and um, really just kind of had to deconstruct what I thought my faith walk was supposed to look like with what Jesus was calling me to in the Bible. And um, I guess I would, I would define the process as um, maybe a little, maybe my worldview became a little bit less American evangelical and a little bit more global biblical, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Well, and I'm, I'm thinking of too, just the last episode with Tim of his story and just the connection of, you know, for Tim, it was the cohorts, one training that opened his worldview for you. It was perspectives, another course, 
mm-hmm. that then sent you into more and more yeses. And um, I love to, I mean, it probably connects with so many, so many people listening to this, but just that concept of word, deed, and power, something in Novo of our, just our culture, um, you know, word being everything that Jesus did. He's always pointing back to the scriptures. You know, he is the Logos, the word of God. And so <clears throat> everything's going to come back to the word, um, you know, deed, deed, just very simply, it's the gospel practice in day-to-day life. It's meeting needs. It's opening our table. We talked about last episode, hospitality. That's the gospel indeed. And then kind of that, you know, that last one of power, uh, a lot of us evangelicals, especially in America, we've either not had the experience or uh, we've had bad experiences of it. And then when you go back to the scripture, you're like, anyone who believes in me will do the things I've been doing. And you're like, oh man, that's me. Like I, I believe in him and I, I want to do what he's doing. And is that even possible? And I think the narrative of scripture is with Christ, it's possible because now he lives in us and he's continuing mm-hmm. his ministry and power and demonstrating it. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying the same thing that all of us know, but I, I think it's, it's interesting to that perspective of, especially missions, right? Encountering missions overseas. And I, I mean, I'd love to hear this of your story. How did seeing that and what God's doing in the nations, missions overseas, how did that then, you kind of said you deconstructed, but how did that come back to Austin? And then you looked and you were like, now what does my mission field look like in Austin? Tell us more of your story in that. Yeah, so um, I really just started, you know, after my trip to Athens, just praying for a movement here. And I started serving with our uh, missions department. In 2019, I ended up um, stepping down from my role at the church just to be full-time mom for a couple years and take care of one of our children that was just having some significant health challenges. And so uh, after that, in 2021, I um, got her away to college and just found myself with a lot of time. And I started serving in a Muslim context in Austin, uh, mainly with Afghani and Iraqi refugees. And we, uh, we engaged culture by uh, teaching them English and just, you know, started building friendships with them. And so we started prayer walking every week in this certain area in Austin. And we just watched God start opening doors for us left and right. And one of my favorite yeses that um, the Lord gave me the opportunity to say to him was I was just driving one day and I just sensed he was asking me to stop by the elementary school in the area where we serve and take the, take the teacher's coffee and just leave coffee for him in the teacher's lounge. And so it wasn't super convenient. You know, sometimes God, when the thing when God gives us an assignment, it's always not like in our timing. And so I was having this like conversation with myself, like, "Mm, I really need to go do this other thing, but I feel like God's asking me to do it. I went and got coffee and took it in the school to the teacher's lounge. And I saw um, the staff person there that I work closely with that kind of oversees these refugee families and getting them um, just the basic necessities that they need so that their kids can go to school. And she invited me into her office and she said, Amy, I'm so overwhelmed. 
um, there's so many families coming and I'm having trouble just, you know, mm-hmm. getting the food and clothes and shoes that they need. And she said, I want to quit my job. And I said, don't quit. I said, I can help you. I said, I can, you know, help get volunteers. And that just opened the door to just this beautiful partnership of the school, um, letting us know, you know, what families need these basic necessities. And then our team getting to step in and, you know, take the food and clothes and shoes to these people's apartments and really just getting to use that as a, yeah. Can I ask you, why did you say yes to her? You know, I I just felt like the Lord was asking me to. I, you know, I felt like it was an assignment to um, stop by and take coffee. And then it was just so easy to say yes, because the Lord had already asked me to go stop by and take coffee. It was an easy yes. Um, but it's it's been neat to see the fruit, the fruit from that. Wow. That is so cool. I love. Yeah. And I've seen this happen too, just in my own life, is it's almost like a trail of breadcrumbs um, leading you closer and closer into figuring out what God's complete picture is for a scene or a scenario um, or for a story that's developing. It's like you're, you're, you're a character in a great story or a great work of God, and you're getting to see each chapter unfold through living each page out. And it's just a a beautiful way to experience him. Yeah, and, that's uh, a great way gosh, to describe it. That's so cool. Well, we don't want to cut you off. I feel like the <laughs> I feel like we're getting to the good part uh, of that story. What happened, or what continues to happen? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, God's just allowed us the privilege of getting to know these families. You know, when we go to deliver the food and clothes and shoes that they've requested, ninety nine percent of the time they invite us in for tea. And, you know, we get to build a friendship with them and um, the Lord's given me the chance to share the gospel with, you know, several Muslim families and then ask if they would be willing to read more stories of Jesus with me. And many times they've said yes. And so that's how we've been able to, to start some discovery Bible studies in that area. Wow. Yeah, some. And I, I mean, I've heard stories, too, of. Jesus is appearing to people in dreams in Austin, Texas. We're not talking about this is Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Iran. This is Austin, Texas, which is kind of a country within itself, right? Like right, Texas right. is. But it's it's the reality of God is moving among us. And, you know, for some people, they might even just be hearing the story and go, Afghans in Austin. Like, what? wait, what? You know, but it's the reality that the nations are among us. And yeah. I love hearing your story. You said yes. You said yes to what God was doing. It was not convenient. It was not what you had signed up for, but it was what God put in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. That is so good. So where do you where do you feel like that yes for you, Amy? Like where has that led you to to what you're doing today? You know, I our missions pastor asked me in 2021 to be part of the vetting process and helping find a global missions partner that was reaching the unreached. And so that's how I first got introduced to Novo. I think Stephen, you were one of the first people that came to Austin and one of the first people that I met. Um, But the last box that we wanted to check as a church was seeing Novo's Middle East operations. And so I got to go overseas to the Middle East with Novo in December of 2021 
And on that trip, I really sensed the Lord was calling me back into ministry. I didn't know with who or what, but my answer, you know, clearly on that trip was, yes, Lord, I'm in. I just don't know the question that you're asking, but my answer is yes. And so that just kind of started um, about a year and a half process of me just praying and seeking the Lord. And then in April of 2022, I was asleep in my bed in the middle of the night and just woke up to a loud voice saying, Amy, and I knew the Lord was just asking me to get up and spend some time in prayer. And through that prayer time, I just sensed that he was asking me to reach out to Novo about serving with them. Again, I didn't know in what context, what that would look like. I knew it would be in the U.S. And um yeah, just, just kind of started that process and um, seeking him. And um, yeah, that's how I'm here. I, I just joined as the gospel movement team leader for Austin. And we just continue to pray for God's presence and just an outpouring of his spirit here in Austin. And that that would lead to a gospel movement that we've you know seen firsthand overseas. That's amazing. I think in some ways, you just redefine for me what faith is. And I love the way that you said, my answer is yes to the question that I don't, I can't even put my finger on what the question is yet, but my answer is yes. I mean, that, if that's not the definition of faith, you know, I don't, I don't know what is. And I just think it's a beautiful story. You know, I, Amy, I know that you have lots of stories about seeing God kind of break into a context um, with a people group that you've kind of fallen in love with. Um, but I just wanted to know, what does it feel like if you can put yourself into one of those moments where you're seeing someone who doesn't yet know God start to meet him for the first time? What does that feel like for you? You know, it feels absolutely amazing. And every time it happens, I'm reminded of how small I am and how big God is and how literally it's it's a work of, of Him, right? Like we're available to step out in faith and open our mouths. But at the end of the day, like there's nothing we can do, you know, to to, to draw people into a life-saving faith with Him. And so... It's just, I think I would say it's addictive. Like the more I see it happen, the more I want it. And the more I see it, the more I pray that it would happen. And, you know, I feel like um, God has challenged me that my prayers haven't been big enough. And so that's kind of a theme that um, I feel like it's an area that I've grown a lot in. And it's just praying for bigger things and, and, especially with my Muslim friends. So it, it feels amazing. And when you see God work and you pray and it's an answer to prayer, for me, it's addictive and I just can't get enough of it. That's really good. I love it. Well, Amy, I absolutely love uh, hearing about what you're up to and what you're doing. I'm curious from the perspective of being a team leader in Austin, catch us up on maybe a couple things. What does it look like being a team leader with Novo? Uh, and gathering people around you to this cause, but maybe project out a little bit. What are you dreaming about that feels really, really big that if God did it, you would say, I can't believe this actually came to be a reality. Can you, what does that look like? Have, have you thought that far out? So I'm praying every day for a hundred new discovery Bible studies with people who are spiritually far from Jesus for this next year. 
And then, you know, my team and I are praying for a gospel movement here in Austin. And I mean, we're praying for thousands of Muslims and non-Muslims to come to Jesus. And another thing I'm praying is just for the local church to be activated in their faith. That's kind of one of the unexpected joys of my role that I wasn't expecting. When I said yes to the Lord and, and yes to Novo initially, I thought I was going to be doing Muslim ministry pretty much full time. And then God's just opened up these unexpected doors with um, me being in this mobilization role and just helping other believers learn how to hear God's voice for the first time, learn their authority that they have in Jesus. And that's just, that's been a blast. Um, I know how much I've been transformed by like the cohort, the spiritual authority cohort and movement pathway. And so it's been so life-giving for me to just get to come alongside other believers and, and help them know what I wish I had known years ago. I love it, Amy. Well, and I think it just gives us more and more, just even a picture of what you're doing now as a, a team leader in Novo. But I'm just hearing the whole story from mom to being in a meeting you didn't want to be to be in and you said yes, um, to then working in a role in a church. And then now kind of your yes is daily. Um, all, all around you, people from the nations, you're saying yes with something bigger than yourself. And I'm just sitting here. I'm encouraged, encouraged hearing your story. I'm kind of amazed at what God's doing in Austin and the fact that we get to peer into it to hear your story again, but also for others to hear it too, um, for them to figure out what their yes is locally. And I'm encouraged. And, I, you know, I'm thinking of our listeners too, and I'm trying to even figure out how to word this question, but what would be your encouragement, you know, of someone listening and they're trying to figure out, you know, they don't, they don't see themselves living overseas. Maybe they don't even see themselves, you know, reaching Afghans in their local community. But I, what would be your encouragement to someone hearing this and for them to say yes, for them to feel this sense of, I know God is calling me beyond where I've been. I'm just trying to figure out what's my first steps. How, how would you encourage that person? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think looking back at my life, um, fear and anxiety are definitely part of my story and, you know, have taken up way too much margin in my life. It wasn't really until I went through the cohort that I knew how to um, battle that. And I would just encourage people to just pray for courage to say yes to the small things that God is asking you to do. You know, it, it's been a process for me and just saying yes to the small things that he's asked me to do. I would describe it like this. I would, I would say much of my life has been like plain wooden doors that God has asked me to step through, not knowing what was on the other side. And so I think it's up to us as believers to say yes to stepping through that door. And it's up to God, whatever it is on the other side. And, and when I've like released that fear and anxiety about not knowing exactly what I'm saying yes to. And, you know, in my American educated mindset of, of <laughs> to have a plan for everything. Um, I feel like that's where I've experienced just the most freedom and fulfillment is just trusting the Lord. Like I don't have to know exactly what I'm saying yes to. So just, I would encourage people to start small and just 
hearing God's voice and asking him for an assignment today. Lord, show me who you want me to encourage today. And, you know, just start there and just see, see the fruit from that. Wow, what a journey. Well, Amy, I think that's such a beautiful uh, representation of really what it looks like to be seeking the Lord, be listening for a response from Him, and then being willing to be uncomfortable and say yes to something where you don't know what's on the other side of it. And so it's a beautiful picture. Yeah, walking through a doorway, and the Lord is going to fill in the frame uh, beyond it as you go through it. And so um, thank you so much. That's an amazing story. I find that there's just a lot of hope in walking in faith and through battling through the stuff that we all deal with, uh, you know, wanting to know what's on the other side, wanting to have a plan, wanting to be able to control whatever the outcome is of what we're saying yes to. But ultimately, faith is built and God becomes way bigger by us getting to see the small part that we get to play in a really large story that he's writing, you know, through someone else's life and in someone else's life through our small steps of obedience. So I just want to thank you for saying that. It's just an incredible, incredible thing to witness. And it's it's fun to watch too. Amen. Yeah, I think we're all encouraged today. So again, thank you for being here. Thanks for sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was a privilege. Well, man, I hope you guys are as encouraged as I am by hearing Amy's story, hearing how God has used little things to create some really big opportunities in the Austin, Texas area. You know, there's a verse that comes to mind for me as I was listening to Amy, and it's Hebrews 11.1, 1, which just says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You know, when I think about Amy's analogy of walking through doors um, and the Lord just kind of asking us to willingly walk through them. That's the certainty that it's talking about in that verse. Like the certainty happens on the other side of our decision. And I think for me and maybe for you, like we want the certainty to happen now before we make a decision. And so I think it was a beautiful expression of just faith. Um, that Amy has had, and you can see through her story that it's been a development process where the Lord has really proven himself faithful to her acts of faith in walking through those doors with him. And so that's just something that I'm going to take away from. And I just want to encourage you to think about that. What are the things that God is asking you to move towards without the certainty being present today? Yeah. And I was thinking the same thing of just, I think Amy mentioned this plain brown door you know, how many plain brown doors do we have in front of us day after day? Do we see them as just this plain reality that, oh, yeah, that's another plain brown door? Or is it this reality that God actually might be behind that door? Um, what if he keeps frequently bringing up this same thing over and over again in my context? Because he wants to use me. Uh, he wants to co-labor with me right where I am. And I'm just, I'm encouraged by Amy's story. Um, you know, the other thing that I, I heard in her story was just this willingness to grow and quickly saying yes. Um, it's it, in her story, you hear this, where at first it was kind of hard to say yes, and then it got easier, and then it got easier. And then she even said, I'm growing 
and saying yes in a quicker manner. And um, I think the same for me. I, I want to be encouraged to say yes with faith. Not what if something doesn't happen, but what if something happened? What if I said yes and God wanted to do something now? And I think I'm taking that away of faith, um, of action, but also of how impossible things are possible to God with our small yes. Yeah, that's good. And I think about Amy's story too, how much training played a part in developing that uh, ability to say yes to God, how trips were part of that, and really how the Lord uses these events or activities to form activating events where we become a greater partner to what he's doing around us. And so my encouragement for you, the listener, is to think about what's in front of you and think about what might the Lord be asking you to do. And I would be remiss if I didn't encourage you and just say that, hey, we have lots of resources that we would also like to make available to you, similar to some of the things that Amy has done, whether it's um, our spiritual authority cohorts or the movement pathway, to help equip, train, and help you to realize how to take that next step of faith and obedience. Yeah, it's great being with you guys. Honestly, consider this. If you're looking for more tools, more equipping, we'd love to run with you and see what your yes would look like in your community. Be encouraged today. As we wrap up this episode, we want you to know that you too are called beyond. We believe there is more that God desires for your life than you could possibly ask or imagine. Are you longing for more? You don't have to have it all figured out to take the next step of faith. We bless you in Jesus' name to embrace the courage that's required to obediently follow God's calling. We pray and believe for transformation in the relationships and communities where you live, work, and play. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Call Beyond is a production of Novo Mission, Inc. To learn more about Novo's commitment to multiply movements of the gospel and mobilize the church for that mission, we invite you to check us out on our website at Nova.org or follow us at Novo Mission on Facebook or Instagram. The music in today's episode was written by the band Wild Earth and used with permission from the artist. Thank you again for giving our podcast a listen. We hope you'll join us for more Called Beyond.